Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Imperial Beverage Presents Another Round. Today, I'm joined by our one and only Maggie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So mouthfeel. If I had to explain my understanding of it, right, I probably would have gone directly into tannins. Mm hmm. I feel like tannins, they kind of make your mouth feel kind of waxy. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, like you said, you got a tea bag in your mouth. And, uh, but I also, like, I, since, since starting at Imperial, I feel like I've had a couple of wines where I felt like the tannins enhanced the experience. Like it was part yeah. of like the structure of the flavor. You're listening to each instrument play its part. And then it's like the bands together. There you go. The, the bands together. You're bands you're able to together. actually, actually, there is a brand that we sell that does just that in their marketing. They make just one, just one wine. Mm-hmm. And um I actually have them saved here because of how much I enjoy their marketing. It is Angels Inc. wines and they make a Pinot. Oh, this is a one tape brand. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, yeah. when you hover over each of these. Oh, yeah. It plays a song. Um, cool. Uh, and it, it like t- takes you mm-hmm. through the different like this is what you're supposed to be paying attention when you're listening to this. Yeah. This is what you're sp- supposed to be paying attention. Like, that's cool. Taste this. T- it, it's an experience on a website. And I love that they did this mm-hmm. because for somebody who knows nothing. Yeah. Right. They could look at this and be like, whoa. And it'll take them to that next level. Yeah. And they literally use instruments and then mm-hmm. they put the band together. No, it's it's exactly it. I was uh, recently talking with somebody. I don't remember who it was, but uh, I, I feel like if you're not prepared to dissect the flavor and experience of enjoying the wine, whether it's, you know, go, starting with like the aromatics mm-hmm. and then moving to the taste and the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you drink it like Gatorade, it, it might not taste good. Yeah. It might just taste like yeah. bitter water. For sure. But it, once you like experience it, it tastes better. Yeah. Yeah. Do the slurp. <laughs> yeah. The, the swish. Mm-hmm. And then, and then. And then <laughs> spit it out. You got to spit it out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, actually. So do you find that you still get the full experience of tasting the wine if you spit it out or if you swallow it or is there a difference either way um you know i seems like it may be a controversial topic i think that when you spit enough trickles down the back of at least my throat that i i get the full perception of the wine the thing that you miss when you don't swallow the wine is what is called retronasal aromatics and so maybe we should have so retronasal aromatics is when you take a sip of wine or whatever, I guess, and then you breathe out through your nose like a, you know, just from your lungs out your nose. You can sense new aromatic compounds that way because it's gotten heated up in your system. So, you know, you take a wine that's 70 degrees or 65 or whatever, you know, temperature it is out. You take a sip and then your body is a much warmer environment and so it warms up in your throat and your stomach and then you breathe out and those aromatic compounds are coming out and you're smelling new things so people will say like wow the retro nasal on this is incredible and it's all new aromatic qualities 
exactly what I was referring to when if you don't experience it, you might miss these these yeah. super cool things. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that being said, I am like pro spitting during a tasting because you can taste a lot more, right? Because you're not drunk the more sober mind is a better one to dissect other wines um that being said you know you're usually even just it being in your mouth for a while will warm up the wine enough that when you spit it out and then breathe out you're still going to get a lot of those retronasal qualities so i think that it is you know i think a sober mind is a better dissecting wine brain to use and so i am pro spitting during a tasting but if you're experiencing a one wine tonight and it is the wine in your glass whatever uh, right 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 <laughs> yeah, drink it well, there, that's the probably point. that's probably part of the experience too the right. yeah what flavors do you taste uh after three glasses <laughs> <laughs> just giggles just giggles this one tastes like giggles <laughs> I wonder what the uh, I wonder what the retronasal aromatics are on Malort. Oh, uh-huh. grapefruit and diesel. Great. <laughs> <laughs> like fa- I drank too many Palomas the night before. That's and that's what I'm tasting now. <laughs> heard. Uh, my my favorite part about that is that I'm like yeah that checks out. Yeah, I, I, somebody could say the most crazy stuff, and you would be like, mm, yeah, yeah, I'm getting that. <laughs> Yeah, Malort tastes like that too. <laughs> Malort threatened to do a collaboration with Four Loco. Oh God! And uh, 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 I think it was um, Four Loco posted. <laughs> the they, U.S. They, government was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they put up a um, they put up a post about it, and uh, Four Loco was like, "What a dream!" And Malort was like, "Yeah, fever dream." Mm-hmm. And uh, the, of course, he was like. A couple hundred people that went under it and were like, ew, I'd buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're talking about retronasal. So flavor mouthfeel, like things that we are looking for is acid, um, sugar, bitterness, and astringency. Um, and then we talk about general weight, right? Like the weight on your palate. Um, and I guess finish. So there's a couple things. But all of those can kind of intertwine and dissect and um, things that are more sweet will taste less acidic and things that are, you know, more acidic will taste more bitter. And so you have to find that balance as a winemaker as well. You know, if I have one year where grapes didn't really ripen, they're really high in acid. I might leave more residual sweetness to balance that acidity out. That makes sense. And um, well, I've heard, especially on wines that are like non vintage, it's mm-hmm. not really like it's just every year supposed to taste similar. Sure. Yeah. Um, they'll keep some wine from the year before, or mm-hmm. like maybe it was a just a nor- more normal year and they'll add it and be like, hey, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, you'll better. have people, it's called amelioration, but they might uh, add water and acid if it's not acidic enough. Um, oh. So you, you have you have people who would definitely manipulate the wines, but in a non-manipulative way, you can retain some of that residual sugar from the grape juice to balance out that 
acidity. You see it in Riesling a lot. Mm. Um, a wine could have four to seven grams residual sugar and you can't really taste it because of the acidity. Same thing with sparkling wine. Sparkling wine super acidic. So you could have six grams and it's still a brute because it still tastes dry to us. Even though there is six grams of sugar in it, but we just can't perceive it because of all the acid. Huh. Another thing that kind of infiltrates how we are perceiving sweetness, acidity, bitterness is the temperature of the wine. So uh, the colder the wine, the less acidic it will taste and the less sweet. Same, so like, you know, when you're a kid and you're eating ice cream and then you leave it out for a little bit. So it gets really like soft and creamy and then it tastes sweeter when you go back to it. It's like yeah. why kids like melted ice cream is because it tastes sweeter. Yeah. That's because the temperature isn't as cold. Huh. I had a roommate, she didn't like super sweet things, so she always froze her cookies, and she'd eat her cookies frozen because she just liked that it didn't have that same sweet bite. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I like popsicle juice. Like, if you drink the juice yes, of a popsicle, it's right. super, super sweet. The end of an otter pop. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, like, super strong. Mm-hmm. Oh. Huh. <laughs> This seems like something we should have learned in elementary school. I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, you think you like ice cream now? <laughs> right, right, right. There's Slow all... down on that popsicle. It's going to yeah. get better. <laughs> There's a whole science behind. Interesting. And that's got to just, I mean... Uh, I'm sure there's lots of science behind it, but yeah, it's just how we perceive it. Yeah. Um, You you brought up bubbly and I'm curious about this or it wouldn't make sense to aerate bubbly wine. No, no. You just take the, the CO2 bubbles out of solution. So it would just make flat bubbly and then you've ruined. Yeah. (laughs) You've ruined the wine. But I mean, like smelling bubbly, if you do give it a swirl, some of those carbon dioxide molecules are falling out of solution, but you're still giving the wine itself some oxygen space. So you are getting more aromatics. You're also flattening your wine, but you are getting more aromatics. So people do it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the CO2 that's coming out of the wine act as a like a transport mm-hmm. for the aromatics? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. Well, and that's like interesting. Yeah. So there's a whole other like there's a whole other way to enjoy I did to think about sparkling wine. Yeah, but as the sparkling wine warms up and the CO2 falls out of solution, you're going to perceive it much more acidic. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So but, then it turns into this like real like really makes you salivate cuz it's mm. Yeah. Which is why it's so good with like fatty foods. Sure. Yeah. The high acidity. Yeah. But um, also, you shouldn't drink flat. Yeah. I mean, you could. You could, but not recommended. Not the way it was intended. Um, Tannins, on the other hand, so these are really big, um, big molecules again. So our taste buds. Have you ever seen some, the diagram of like where we taste sour, where we taste sweet? A long time ago, yes. That's not really real. Uh, oh. So your taste buds are all mixed up. You have perceptors all over your tongue for all those things. The only, it's like 
when we salivate, it comes from the sides. And so we think that we perceive sourness in the sides of our mouths. That's just where our salivatory glands are. Um, the reason why we taste bitterness in the very back of the palate is because I'm not going to make you look at my tongue, but maybe I will. The <laughs> little taste buds uh, in the front, those ones, yeah. um, those aren't like large enough to really like hit those bitter molecules. But the back ones, if you ever look in the very back of your throat, you have these like giant taste buds. Those block those like bitter molecules and they perceive them much at like a much, much, much higher rate than we do in the very front of our tongues with those like smaller taste buds. And so that's why when you taste something bitter, it takes a second for our brain to register it and it's hitting us in the very back palate because the taste buds are different there. I could go on about this. So that's the other. I'm here for it. Like, yeah. it's cool. I mean, the way our brains, I, we are Americans. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we are very used to eating very sweet things from a young age. And oh, yeah. so our bodies. Public I mean, school. What up? Yeah. What up? <laughs> What's cool? We ate those little pizza squares. Oh, yeah. The pizza squares. That were like surprisingly sweet. But it takes us no time to perceive sweetness. It's like we have something sweet within less than a second. We're like, oh, yeah, that's that's sweet. And we are sensitive to it. You know, I, I know when there's sugar in something, I'm sensitive to acid. Um, it takes a little bit longer for us to perceive something as acidic, a little bit longer for us to kind of distinguish how acidic something is. Bitterness takes a long time. It's over one second after you have had the stimulus does your brain perceive it as bitter? So that's another reason, like if you think about eating really, really dark chocolate, that fat, you know, you're like sweet fat and then you're like, oh, that was bitter. And it kind of happens in that order. Yeah, like dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that like the 80%, 90% cocoa or mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, it takes a little bit longer to for that bitterness to hit. And it takes longer for it to go away, too. That's that, like, lasting flavor in the back palate. I have this old memory from, like, you know, you know, things you get told is when you're younger and the older you get, you're like, I don't even know if that was true. The older I get, the more I'm like, I'm confident you just lied to me. So I would stop talking. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I call her on it sometimes. She's like, yeah, did it work? <laughs> It did. It did. It did. For it, 20 years it worked. It shut me up for 20 years. <laughs> but I'm back with a vengeance. Yeah. Um, uh, but something I, I have this memory of having learned that your taste buds have something to do with your nose and the way that you perceive sense. Mm. Um anything ring a bell with that or it can totally be like a myth that Your i learned a long time ago taste buds perceive i mean i guess it feels like some magic school bus knowledge maybe like if you're smelling some oh is that like you smell a piece of chocolate and you eat a piece of broccoli or something like that uh no i'm thinking more along the lines of like um Part of like what you enjoy on the nose or part of what you enjoy on your tongue is part of what you enjoy on the nose. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of like retronasal stuff and just that like perception that we have because I've had I've had pears my whole life. When I smell a pear, I expect it to be sweet and taste like this. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, wine is kind of fun that way because you can be like, wow, this smells like Paris, but it does not taste a thing like a pear. <laughs> that was that's still something I, it's intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could have a cell sheet just full of wines that don't taste the way they smell. <laughs> I'd be, be into so that. Fun, yeah. It just just like, yeah, pick from the list. They, they don't taste the same mm-hmm. and like talk about it. Just mm-hmm. enjoy it. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. That would be cool. That would be fun. <laughs> but hear me out. I work in that department. We'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah. If if anybody Just thinks that the you can make together. it work, mm-hmm. uh, I may need some assistance picking it out. <laughs> I, I <laughs> but yeah, oh, that'd be neat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So tannins. Tannins are the only thing that I know about mouthfeel other than you said heavy. The weight, which is actually a lot of the like how sweet something is. Um, the more sweet, the more thick it'll be on our mouthfeel. The like viscosity of the wine changes with sweetness. So we'll say like, oh, that wine's got some weight. Is that, does that have anything to do with like residual sugar in? Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. All oh. of it. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I think of like a like a maple syrup, right? Right. High viscosity. Thick, yes. Duke. Yeah. Three C's. Right. Uh, but in a wine, I don't. I mean, I just learned a couple of weeks ago that you don't put like granule sugar in right. wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all residual from the grape juice. Yeah. But um. And the, the the sugar that we're tasting with residual sugar is fructose um, because so grapes are um, glucose and fructose fructose exist in the grape. Um, some most fruits are predominantly fructose, uh, which is a much harder uh, like sugar compound for yeast to eat up so mm. they always go for glucose first so if you have residual sugar left in the wine it's like the glucose is gone the yeast went for that right away and so it's all going to be fructose fructose is the same as honey sweetness oh. if you think about like glucose's like beet pioneer um then fructose is honey and so already like we perceive fructose at a lower threshold so you can have less fructose and we'll be like, ooh, that's sweet. Um, so that's the the predominant sugar compound that we're getting. With acids, there is a couple different ones that exist in wine. Tartaric acid, um, that's the predominant. And then there's malic acid, that's like apple acid. Uh, there's citric acid, that's like lemon lime. Yeah, I'm familiar with that one. And then there's lactic acid, which is um, like milk acids. Yogurt. Think like uh, how yogurt is acidic. So malolactic fermentation is that you're turning malic acid, the apple, to lactic, the yogurt. Um, so it's a much creamier acid. Um, changes the mouthfeel because it's going from that really like sharp bitey to something that's like a little bit more softer for our palate. Um, it malic we perceive right away. Lactic takes a little bit longer. So it softens up the wine. Um, citric isn't really common. In grapes, it's a pretty minuscule amount, but then tartaric is your big acidifying acid. Interesting. Tannins, um, we perceive because they're these big molecules that interact with, they're called PRPs, but they're these um, compounds in our salivatory glands that bind with the tannins and then they drop out of solution. And when they drop, that's what we're perceiving. 
Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a oh oh hmm. So it's, it's our saliva interacting with tannins. That's and then it falling to our palate. That's where we're tasting tannins. So this is gonna be way gross, but if you like spit. If you spit into a <laughs> glass of wine, it would yeah. it could take some tannin out. Yeah. Wow. Hybrid grapes, those proteins exist in the skins. And so if you were to make a wine with like American hybrids, reds, a red wine with American hybrids, not tannic at all. Drinks like a white wine. Wow. Mm-hmm. Really weird. I'm here for it, though. Oh, my goodness. There's I... so much. But you know what the important thing is? Do you like it? Right. You know, like, do you like it? And even pairing with foods. Do you like this wine? Do you like this food? It'll probably taste good together. And then from there, we can go off, you know, say like, oh, tannins really like fatty foods. And so you want like a fatty meat with a big tannic red because you're getting that interaction. Um, it's helping kind of take out the tannins in the wine to have more like fat and proteins in your mouth. Um, but in the end, drink what you like. And that's my takeaway always. I love it. Well, that's, I mean, I can absolutely understand why people spend their lifetimes. Just this was incredibly insightful and I am beyond appreciative to have the opportunity to uh, pick your brain about knowledge that uh, can potentially help make that sale and help our uh, salespeople just a little bit more knowledgeable Mm -hmm. and um, you know, just just widen their mind to the world of wine. I'm done. Thank you so much. Thanks for being a geek with me. I love it. And thank you for listening to Imperial Beverage Presents Another Round. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.